Hello, and welcome back to the Dumber Radio Gamescast. Woo. Hi. Oh, I didn't realize. <laughs> Usually you say something after that. <laughs> I like to leave like a that. second for people to, to vocalize something. Um, but there was nothing. Uh, we're talking about Game Pass Games Club. As always, I'm your host, Ryan, and I'm joined today by my lovely cohort of co-hosts, Wyatt. Hello, hello. Alex. Some lovely alliteration there, Ryan. As I trip over my words. It's, it's the same way we say it every time. <laughs> and Brett. I enjoy it. Nothing has changed. It's it's been it's been too long. We're out of practice is what's happening. For Brett and I, it's and been what? literally like four hours. Well, for <laughs> us, for us we're fine. But, yeah. but for, for for everyone else, this this group together as one, it's been yeah. eons. Yeah, wow. The new location, new us. We're doing new new things, and by new things, I mean the same thing, but with new games. So <laughs> let's let's talk about some some new games that we played. Uh, we we for the last month and week or so have played through a number of Game Pass games. We do try to do this every month or so, uh, and we're gonna talk about them. We're gonna talk about the Game Pass games that we played and say if we recommend them. If we don't recommend them, I think this month we're probably gonna recommend all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah this was a solid lineup. month um so yeah who wants to kick us off actually i'll lead with a question do we want to start with the game of the year contender or not <laughs> I, it it depends yeah. because i we, we should be careful not to just like say everything because we're going to do a games yeah, club episode yeah. on it right yeah. So I, I don't know if you want to just give as much time as possible for that or like time gated. Okay, let's let's start with Hi-Fi Rush so we can limit the amount of time yeah. that we talk about Hi-Fi Rush uh, and direct people <laughs> to the fact that, that we're going to do a yeah. full Hi-Fi Rush uh, episode <laughs> at some point soon-ish. Uh, just figuring out who is in for that one because we might also have some other people join us for that because there's this game was popular. <laughs> oh yeah. A lot of drop masterpiece. A lot of people have a lot of good things to say about it. Uh, Hi-Fi Rush, for those who don't know, it's the game I picked for this month. We were going to do Ninja Gaiden 3 Razor's Edge because we have to complete the trilogy of Ninja Gaiden. We will still do Ninja Gaiden 3 Razor's Edge. We don't, but that's okay. We're still going to do it because I need everyone to experience what Razor's Edge is like. (laughs) I need to know. But Hi-Fi Rush Shadow Dropped was so impressive with its appearance and then had so much word of mouth power behind it. Uh, that I swapped it out for Ninja Gaiden. So we're going to do Ninja really Gaiden later. Uh, we're doing Hi-Fi Rush instead this month. So Hi-Fi Rush is a character action game mixed with a rhythm game. You do everything on the beat. It's by Tango Gameworks, who did uh, Evil uh, Within. They did Ghostwire Tokyo recently. A bunch of them are ex-people from Clover Gameworks and Platinum back in the day which is uh, probably why Hi-Fi Rush is suddenly extremely good and none of us had any idea about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This was, yeah, I, I think most people know about this game by now. It was a shadow drop during the Xbox developer conference thing they did that was like five, they showed five or six games, one of which was Hi-Fi Rush, and it just dropped in our laps that day. I think Brett and I then beat it that week. <laughs> I was going to end it. Yeah. I haven't left my lap since. Yep. Yeah. I have immediately started a new game plus in it. I'm still playing it, which is impressive. Um, Those post game challenges are hard. <laughs> some of them are tough, but hey, you gotta. Sometimes you gotta kill a bunch of enemies without taking a single hit in under 30 seconds, and then you feel really good after you did it, despite the sometimes fact that it took to like an touch hour. The ground. 
God, really? <laughs> Jesus Christ. What? That one was actually pretty <laughs> easy. Crazy. That one wasn't that bad. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of post-game challenges, fun stuff in this game. Um, but yeah, it, really surprising to me I, that I enjoyed as much of this as I did. Uh, I am also like, if there's a Venn diagram of people interested in rhythm games and action games, I'm directly in the center. <laughs> <laughs> so this felt pretty targeted to me, and I'm glad that I liked it, because if it was bad, I'd be very upset. I'm curious to see, what did you guys think? What's what's the Hi-Fi Rush well, hot takes? Well, bringing out the, the Venn diagram, right? You got, you got character action games, you got rhythm games, right? Uh, me, in terms of where I am in that Venn diagram, the Venn diagram is right here, I'm about up here somewhere. <laughs> and uh, I really like this game, so I feel like that says a lot <laughs> about yeah. who, this, who this can appeal to. How, how far it's two you... genres that I just don't... Like I don't hate them, yeah. but they don't interest me at all. You wouldn't go out and buy just... one of these games normally, right? No, like it's... no. But I heard so many good things about it. I liked the idea that it was like a character action game mixed with a rhythm game. I thought that was an interesting idea. And well, I I mean I was kind of forced to play it because of Game Pass, but not forced because I I really I really enjoyed it. I, I'm not done yet. I, I haven't finished it, but what I have played, I really really like. How how far did you end up getting Wyatt? Uh oh God. Hold on. It's been, I, we were in an interesting me, spot here where Alex, Brett, and I, I think, uh, have all finished the game. So, yeah. so okay. So, to answer your question, Alex, I'm... Oh, you know what? Um, I, I'm in the middle of the level where it's, like, Mimosa's big, like, concert. Okay, so you're pretty far. Ah! Yeah, you're, you're pretty yeah. deep into it. You're not yeah. at the start. So, we, we've all played, I think, past the two-hour mark on this game. We oh, yeah. We played sure. a good deal into this. I think um, Mimosa was the hardest boss fight besides the end. <laughs> Yeah, I'm with you. Mimosa was a, a big, not a wall, but like Sometimes I, could I had to play the game right at that beat. point. Yeah, it, the game is is tough past a certain point, and I think that's deceptive because I remember Brett and I um, talking at the very start of this, like DMing over Discord about how this probably seems like it'll be pretty easy because you're forced to be on beat. Like you can't mm -hmm. not be on beat because your actions will occur on the beat even if you press the button at the wrong time. The issue with us thinking that is that the game knows that and will start to yes. layer things <laughs> onto you that make it much more difficult. Yeah, uh, it's intelligently designed that way. Yeah. I, the one exception, I think, there's, there's like a samurai enemy in the, uh, that's oh, introduced like, mid-game. Okay. So that is by fun. far the hardest enemy so in the game. Okay. I, I, oh. I, remember, I, remember talking with, I remember talking with Ryan about this. Those samurai robots are the equivalent of the Marauders from Doom Eternal. <laughs> Like I, oh my God. in that, in I guess mostly, I should play Doom Eternal then. <laughs> mostly in that, it feels like they're you're really supposed to take them on one on one, and so you kind of just have to mm -hmm. ignore them and take out everyone else first, while this guy is just pestering you the whole time. And I don't, I did not find that very enjoyable personally. It just felt kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah, I like, I like the, the fight with like it as a I'm, mini boss, but yeah, it's a fun mini boss. Um, but but trying to fight it. Plus all of these other enemies, they don't really mesh well together. And I just think it's introduced it. early, for sure. That that particular enemy, I think, is the hardest enemy in the game in terms of like mm -hmm. basic enemies, and it's introduced first of like all the special enemies I, may, that you maybe fight. Maybe that or the bird. Yeah, I never had a single problem with the bird. But sheer annoyance. The bird was the only annoying enemy that there was. I, I don't think I ever even took a hit from the bird. <laughs> 
Well, there's also only like like two birds in the whole yeah. game. Yeah. There's like there's like ten samurai guys. They I, I don't think I fought a bird yet. It, it's late. later. It's remember. pretty late. Yeah. Um, okay. There there is one in the mimosa fight. Um, and then. Yeah, well, we'll talk specifics later because I don't want to spoil the ending or anything of this game. But uh, this isn't a game that has a bunch of surprises in store. This is not something that's no. going to be like subverting your expectations for the most part. It's it's a classical action romp Saturday morning cartoon type thing, uh, and it's Saturday great the whole way cartoon, through. The the art style too. What fantastic, wonderfully reminiscent of the Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, some of the they, best like three D two D cell shading with such style. And yeah. like what you said, what you just said with 3D, 2D, uh, there's a lot of cutscenes in the game uh, that like that are between uh, sort of like the the mission start comic book esque cutscenes. Um, yeah. Then you have two 2D Saturday morning cartoon esque cutscenes, and then 3D cutscenes with the the models. Um, and the way that they transition from each style is so cool. Yeah. seamless it's the crazy. transitions are so cool yeah for sure um i think all the transitions are great the, the way they use like a smoke effect between the 2d and 3d cutscenes yeah. is great because it's instantaneous like that it there's no that not the, even like a frame of delay there, which there's is perfect. the smoke effect for one of them there's also you getting your your face absolutely pounded by that one robot knocks you into the third yeah. dimension yeah, lots of really good transitions. Uh, I think something else this game does really well is that we don't talk about a lot in other games is usage of licensed music. Yeah. Because there's yeah. a lot of games that will have licensed music, but it doesn't... It, like, you could have had a different song there and it wouldn't have mattered. With Hi-Fi Rush, like, you feel why they picked all these tracks and built these fights around the music rather than just making the yeah. fights and then picking music that yeah. fit. They designed it with music in mind. Uh, and then got that and, music. So, and with the music in mind, they also have a streamer mode too for people who are yeah, streaming. Yeah, that has the game. their own versions and the of, music, of tracks the that music are also really that, good. Yeah. Oh, it's, a, it's great. It's, it's such a cool. There's so much feature. quality to it. Uh, and that's that's another thing. Like the quality bar here, I don't think I ran into a single bug for my whole playthrough, and I've kept playing past it. I no one cares why it we know right <laughs> we know what did you do so the only i'm looking through my notes here and i think the only major bug that i ran into was that for some reason the first cutscene, the the audio and the video were a little desynced it was fine after that like in-game was fine all the other cutscenes were fine but it was like a like a half second off, and it was really weird. And I thought at first I was like, okay, maybe it's like the animation stuff. I don't know. I, I I was like, I wasn't really sure if that's what was happening. But then I compared it to another cutscene that I had after that, and I was like, okay, no, this looks fine. So there was something funky going some weird on. Startup. Why some, some weird stuff. Why um, you're made of magnets. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I had like something, and none of these were like. Ghost of Tsushima level, like where the heck did this come from? I love the Ghost bar for another notoriously ghost game. <laughs> hey, hey, with me, it's legitimate. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. The wild thing. We have proof. We have video evidence of all the problems Wyatt encountered. It's insane. At some point, we should just take all of the footage that I have and like compile it into a little compilation and just throw it up on the channel or something. Yes. Like that. Yeah, that'd be. Just funny. to like make sure people know 
I'm not kidding. <laughs> I wonder if that'll get more views than our uh, other video that I won't spoil unless we transition into it. Um, I think... Okay, and I think the only other one... Again, these are tiny. I think the only other one was there was a sign... Uh, oh, yeah, it was, like, it was like a cardboard cutout of a Zanzo. It, like, got... The physics got mm. caught in, like, a corner, and it was kind of jiggling back and forth, and it just flew across the room at, like light speed i'd argue that's intended behavior <laughs> oh wait, wait. so on on one of the features of the, there's so many like little quality touches in this game too that make it insanely charming um did you know so i was doing the new game plus things if you ignore the hint refrigerator robot he chases after you yeah, yeah. <laughs> That doesn't he say like, oh, you really don't think you need me? He has me different lines too. Yeah. If you, if you, yeah. depending on how long you ignore him for, his last line will just not give you the hint. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. No, it's really you don't funny. need it anymore. Uh, yeah, that's really funny. Um, I also got to give this game props for having the gumption to be a game released in 2023 and have unlockable cosmetics at the end of the game that you can't use beforehand. Yeah, and not like a small amount of them. There are like a ton There's of a... costumes for every character that you unlock. Also, all the of them look good or are silly. Yeah, I'm I'm rocking the cosmic cat T-shirt, and also you know, being a complete game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, complete. yeah. Like <laughs> that's the other thing. I think there was a lot of uh, speculation when this first got revealed, and people hadn't had to wait a little while to get their hands on it until the end of the day. And people were like, is this going to be like a short game? Is this going to be like a, a small bite-sized thing? No, this is a, a full-ass game that I would be happy to pay full price for. Like, this is, it's of the scale that I am fully confident saying I would love this game if it were full price. And it's not even full price if you don't have Game Pass. It's, this is, yeah, this it, is why, value. this is why things like live service infuriate me. Because this game doesn't need it because the quality bar is just so high. Like, obviously, not every single game is going to reach this. But I, I would argue uh, against what you said earlier, Ryan. I know you were talking about, like, the story when you said that it, it wouldn't subvert your expectations. But mine were subverted in that the just the overall, like, level of care and effort put into every single thing to make it the best it could possibly be. Yeah, I'm be with you on that. Was yeah. such that, like, I don't, like... Even even if it didn't have all the extra like cosmetics and it was just like a getting a high score and a chance to see some different like dialogue or whatever, I'd still be replaying it, I think. Yeah. Because the game is just so fun. And yeah, the story doesn't throw like brand new stuff at you, but this it's told like so like like funnily and, and stupidly. It really doesn't, it doesn't yeah. need to. Yeah, with with the Saturday morning cartoon stuff, it's like the the dialogue too is so yeah. it's it's corny in such an entertaining way not to keep ragging on forspoken talking about ragging on forspoken it's it's not like i don't like doing it but it doesn't bring me joy too it, it feels like, like we're beating like, a dead horse at this point. it's like kicking a child with polio i don't oh like God. to do it but but? but you do. There's <laughs> a, a, a lot I'm to, going to finish there. that up with, but it has to be done. It doesn't. It doesn't. It really I doesn't know. need to be done. There's a lot. There's um, a lot to unpack there. Um, but it's <laughs> oh god. Yeah, the way Forspoken handles 
uh, its dialogue and the way that Hi-Fi Rush handled their dialogue is the same type of dialogue, except one of the games is insufferable, and the other <laughs> yeah. game is incredibly yeah. charming. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that I, it's a fair point there that the writing in Forspoken and Hi-Fi Rush is along the same vein. Like, at least for the for Chai and for uh, Frey, who are like the two main characters of, the, of these games, they are written in yeah. not the same style, but similar, like, whippy type of characters. Except with Chai, he is overtly portrayed to be an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and, and, and like, for gets goofs. better. And yeah, Frey takes himself the way too seriously and doesn't yeah. ever change as a character. Because, like, like, I could I could sit here and be like, well, you know, I, the characters are fun, but there's not a lot of depth to it. But, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because everything is presented with such, like, earnest. It, it has this mm -hmm. big kind of, like, dopey heart to it and i say that in the most loving way possible where it's yeah. like uh, yeah i mean could i ask for better dialogue sure but it doesn't matter it, it it's fine and <laughs> if if you don't like a joke over in five seconds and they never repeat it yeah it's, it's just that many it's just one thing after another it's like oh if if the if the phrase didn't land uh then we're just gonna have slapstick comedy uh for the next like 30 seconds and <laughs> yeah. it just shove in like Oh, do do you like do you like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? Oh my Here's God. a whole character. Do you like Xeno Gears in 2023? Here's a whole cutscene. Do you cut like scene Twin rubber. Peaks? Here's like four things from <laughs> Twin Peaks in this game about hitting people with a guitar to uh freaking indie rock and roll music. Like it, also, I think everything. one of them I think one of the bosses and you you'll know unfortunately not why, but you guys will know which one I'm talking about. I think one of the bosses is a cyberpunk reference, like a cyberpunk edge runners reference. I doubt it. I feel like that those that game, this game has been in development too long for that to have been. The the, the timing's so. a little a little dicey. It kind of reminds me. It, it might have been like I a transformation is remarkably but... similar. Similar. I feel like I'm gonna make this comparison, and I don't know if everyone's going to agree with me, but allow me to explain. The, the humor here, not in the style, but in the way it's delivered, reminded me a lot of Deadpool. In that, Deadpool does a joke, and then he, he moves on. He doesn't... It's yeah. not like Family Guy, where he picks one joke and then just hammers that one joke into your brain for and 10 time. No matter how you feel about Deadpool humor, he says something and then moves on. And there's yeah. so many jokes in the span of, like, a couple of minutes that you're bound to laugh at at least one of them in the span of, like, a minute. Yeah. And if you can, because like not every joke is going to land, but if you can get through them in a really quick, snappy manner, you're going to laugh. It won't at bother people that something didn't yeah. land because there'll it's, be a it's, new it's thing the, to distract you. It's the joke shotgun approach where it's just like we're going to yeah. throw a bunch one of, of jokes at you with one with one slug, and something's going to make what's, you laugh. What's bizarre about that too is that most of the ga that the game is like that, where it's like joke shotguns, and it works, and then it gets oddly heartfelt. <laughs> I know <laughs> at the end, and like I'm not gonna spoil anything with the ending or the ending cutscene, but there's like an after credit scene that I was legitimately just super happy sitting there watching. Yeah, because I was like, man, also, what a journey that this game was. This this game was kind of like for me personally, and I'm and I'm and I'm sure for a lot of other people and, and everyone in this cast as well. But it was perfectly timed for me because uh, I have been dealing with a job where management is less than stellar to, to put it lightly and Very so thin. the fact that this game is a giant middle finger to just 
corporate <laughs> overlords was so satisfying. <laughs> yeah. Lucille is like my favorite character. <laughs> Because <laughs> she kind of has my oh, yeah. job sometimes. That's She's great. just so over it. She doesn't care. <laughs> Rockstar. Yeah, I, I <laughs> like of all the characters in this game, she's the one that I identified with like yeah. the most. <laughs> Which is good because she keeps appearing. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's great every time. time. Every time yeah. she showed up, I like had a little giggle of glee because I can't yeah. wait to see what she's gonna say next. <laughs> oh my god! Also, Seinfeld reference. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The, uh, oh my god, the company name. I can't even remember what it's called off the top of my head. Not I don't know talking about. Oh my god. No, <laughs> not not quite. Vandalay. 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 Yes. Um, yeah, there's a couple of other bullet points I want to hit on. First of all, animation. Like, incredible facial animation the entire way through. It doesn't stop. It's always amazing. Yep. The way they, they use, like, the Guilty Gear trick of skipping frames to get, like, a 2D animation feel in 3D... Yep. But have it still have it look smooth when it needs to look smooth works so well. It's great. Um, yeah, love all the animation all the way through, and it's so charming. This um, is so bringing up for spoken again <laughs> because this game has been compared to it a lot. But here's here's because they, they released right away. around the same time. Like for spoken right. came out, and then Hi-Fi Rush dropped like a few days and, later. And everyone talks about how they're the polar opposites of each other in many ways. But the thing that stands out to me the most is that for spoken and Hi-Fi Rush is a perfect example of the difference between a big budget and a well-utilized budget. There is such a big, big difference there, and these two games are that... Hi-Fi Rush is like a tight, linear, PS2-era, like, inspired action platformer, basically. And I think those just don't get made anymore by non-indie teams. And seeing it happen in a way that like a triple a developer is taking on this and doing it well and it's really good and everyone likes it it's currently sitting at like 98% positive on steam it's one of the highest steam scores that any game has uh it's incredible it's like reviews came out for this game and are all incredible i i would hope this is a signal that not every game needs to be huge big budget yep, yep. uh i wonder open world but I I do wonder how much of this was was able because I don't know like when they started development on this game. I don't know if anyone can yeah. answer that for me, but I do wonder if they were able to get away with something like this because they know it was coming straight to Game Pass. And they didn't. Like, okay. So I I actually there's okay. a few interviews okay. about this and the the general timeline of things is that after Evil Within two, this was kind of a concept floating around in John Johansson. I want to say is his name, who's the director. Uh, who pitched it to Shinji Mikami and the rest of the team, and they got to go ahead to do prototyping. So it was a small team for a while since Evil Within 2 that was working on this in parallel with Ghostwire Tokyo. Like, Ghostwire was happening at the same time. Um, and so he was working on that with a small team. They prototyped it. They This was all before they were acquired because they hadn't been acquired yet by Microsoft. So before they were officially part of Xbox Studios, this game was in development and prepared, uh, and then they showed it to Bethesda at an internal playfest, and the reaction to it was so positive that they were like, we need to do something special with this. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they held it in their back pocket, then they got in talks with Microsoft, and uh, there were ideas floated around, the, around about how to market the game and whether or not it needed a marketing push. And at some point, the idea was like, hey, we could shadow drop this. 
and that they was like, hey, we can go for that. This is not a game that needs like a six month marketing engine. We can just shadow drop it and then let word of mouth do the the advertising because it's so good. Because I, I I will say that like I know the 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 trailer they showed at the the developer conference thing was how everybody found out about it. Uh, that trailer kind of like sucks that's kind of like a terrible trailer like the way it starts of the with with a record scratch freeze frame <laughs> go back to 2006 that's yeah. not funny anymore yeah. <laughs> it's such oh, a bad like if me. there was <laughs> if there was an ad campaign full of that i don't think people would have been as eager to play something like this whereas yeah. okay like it's yeah. ki- kind of a weird trailer but the concept's so interesting and the game looks like fun I hope the jokes are funny. It's on. There game was enough Pass. detail and time to be like, "Hey, this might actually be a good take on this." Exactly. Because we've seen games with with high fire rushes style before, like No Straight Roads. A few other games have attempted this like action music platformer combat character action thing, uh, and it has almost never worked well because it's so hard to do. Of you need everything to react to it, and they just made the genius decision of locking everything to the beat. Like every yep. single thing happens on beat, and so you'll see things moving in the background to signify it. You don't. It, yeah, you have like a visual option for a little too. thing that's, that will that's, keep beat, track of the beat for you, but you don't need to use it because the environment is reacting. That's something else I wanted to bring up too, because I, I had um, Metal Hellsinger in the back of my mind because it's kind of hard not to like subconsciously c- compare the two, even though yeah, for sure gameplay wise they're fairly different. I feel like this game, both in in terms of its gameplay and its like, especially its environment design, embraces the the rhythm aspect far more like Way it felt yeah. it yeah. felt like in metal hellsinger it's like oh we're gonna have some flames coming out from these skulls or whatever to the beat and oh it's kind of it but like here it's like enemies attack on beat. It's like paint lines on walls are like pulsing yeah. to, like mm-hmm. everything is moving to it and the fact that he's everything like, is on like beat gears means... are turning it and yeah like the, oh, it just so so much move on beat yeah, yeah. All right, I, w- I do want to talk about the gameplay briefly because we haven't touched a lot on it. It's a really competent character action game because you have like full upgrade paths for your abilities. You you are unlocking things the entire game. You have like summon characters you can pull in that have all sorts of crazy combos and you get to keep them forever. It's not like a thing where you just have one at a time. No, you, you use all of them all the time. They're baked into the gameplay loop. They're fun to use. There's cool abilities. You can get like tag team finishers. You get tag team combo That's enders so that you can fun. use. You can at any point you can press one of these buttons and you know something cool is going to happen, which is crazy. Like the way they design the system, it has so many different layers, but it manages to work together effortlessly because they all rely on that beat system of everything is around the beat. So you always know you just need to press the button on the beat and you're good to go, uh, yeah. which is great. Like it, it works so so well. Um, yeah, I, I think there are a bunch of difficulty spikes that probably will hit people of up until you get the parry you don't really need to be on beat once you get the parry unless you're playing on the the easiest difficulty you're gonna have to be on point with parries because there are certain enemies that you can't defeat without parrying like there'll be little things that you have to parry Uh, and they're not that hard but it is a thing of like they might take a few tries because it's you have to get used to it I, I mean, only... the way they teach you is nice, too, because they have the, the low-damaging wall turrets. Yeah, they give you yeah, a, a section yeah. to learn it. Um, the, the only time where the game really got difficult for me were those... I don't want to call them quick-time events, but uh, they're like rhythm-based QTEs, right? Where it's like, oh, you have yeah. to hit this button on this 
and you have to like memorize the pattern and then do it. For some reason, my brain and QTEs do, do not they just they they are not compatible with each other. Yeah, I would even if I'm if I'm I listening think thinking to the song, of them I'm as QTEs might be making it harder for you. If I'm like listening to the song, I'm like, all right, I like I I, I know the song. I've heard it ten fucking times because I've been on this stage for far too long. I'm like trying to, in, I, I can't do it. And that's and that's me. I fully accept that that's a me thing and not really a fault of the game at all. But there were definitely times where I would miss that like miss the timing or get the wrong button or something, and then it it just felt like things were just the the pace slowed down to a to a halt. In that moment, and it got kind of frustrating. Yeah, it again, is I don't really if you miss something because it just feels like you didn't yeah. hit the beat right, and so it like knocks you out of what you're doing. Uh, which and, it, and it makes you wonder, like, oh, uh, the the you know you have to do the same mini game if you're turning on generators, right? Mm-hmm. If you if you fill at it a couple times, you're like, why the why am I doing this again? Like, can it just be a button? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not it's as fun. Of, it's got it's you've got to press fun. the buttons. You got to do do the thing, the rhythm thing. It's so much fun having them everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you gotta have the interaction all the time, everywhere. If, Everything's gotta be looped back. If you take one thing off the beat, the concept of the game is ruined. It's gone. It's gone. Yeah, you have I will to say have everything have something like that. I am with why I think some the, of the, the summon characters that you pull in do feel a little awkward when you need to use them for a specific thing because it's just targeting can be a little bit finicky but i don't think there's yeah. a way to fix that like you need to stand a certain distance away from something sometimes mm. that's that's yeah like, there's one you have like an armor breaking punch that is just super finicky with what it targets uh which you need to oh, use yeah. or else you can't do anything yeah. to those enemies which in functionality it's fine but it doesn't feel great when you have to like wait for that to hit before you can do anything especially because like some enemies you have to hit them twice with it and so you have to like yeah. wait for the recharge time there were, to go back around. There were definitely a couple moments where Peppermint was not shooting the one guy that had the shield that I needed her for, and it was like, it was like come on, read the room, shoot the thing read with the, the shield, <laughs> <laughs> come on. Yeah. All right. So also, I think we're all thoughts wonderful. on 808's great. Mm. Everything's a, a fun like musical reference. So many fun things. Yes. Um, yeah, great game all around. We're going to talk a lot more about it later, but for now, let's move on. Uh, first, I'm going to tell you the game I'm going to make you play this month. And it's not going to be Ninja Gaiden 3 because I want us to play Wo Long before yeah, Ninja no. Gaiden 3, but <laughs> Wo Long's also in a little bit of a state right now where the PC port isn't super oh. stable. So I'm going to wait oh, for Wo Long for one more month. And in this month, we're going to play a game I've been meaning to play for a while, which is Chained Echoes. Hell yeah! I've been hearing a lot of a lot of rumblings Hell about yeah. Chained Echoes, and I want to check it out. So we're gonna play Chained Echoes right after the anniversary of Chrono Trigger. But perfect, oh, perfect yeah. timing. Okay, who's next? Right. I'll go next. I'll go next. Go um, for it. Some uh, I picked Age of Empires Four, which is a game that I've been playing off and on for the last couple months. So I was like, why not? Let's drag my friends in on here on the on the fun. Um, it is a uh, uh, real-time strategy game. It is like the real-time strategy game. It's like the it's is the franchise you think of. It's like that Excuse Starcraft. Me? Starcraft. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I beat you to it. I know, but those are like the two. Yeah. That yeah. that I feel like most people think of, and I might or Warcraft with... three if you're old enough, but right. 
Um, I, I might struggle with explaining this a little bit because I'm not a uh, RTS guy, and I also can't really compare it to other Age of Empires games. I played three a lot as a kid, but I didn't really know what I was doing, and also that was like 30,000 years ago, and I can't remember anything. I don't think so, you're alone in not being an RTS guy. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't know so that we have if, any if RTS I, guys. I, no, I, no, I won't, I won't be able to... This. I won't be able to describe this game in the context of other RTS games. I'm just going to describe my experience with it, right? Um, you know, you've got you've got your different armies. You've got different uh, factions that you can play as. Each faction has, like, unique units or unique traits, that kind of thing, unique uh, buildings, that kind of thing. And you just you start in the first stage. You, you move your little villagers around. You're gathering resources, constructing buildings, hopefully constructing an army of some kind. If you're not, you're screwed. Um, and it's just about resource and unit management and just trying to, to uh, outnumber the other, uh, the other people. And there's different, there's different ways of achieving victory. You can blow up everyone else's buildings. You can capture certain sacred sites. Um, yeah, I, I really liked this game. And I think the biggest, I'm just going to say this right off the bat, the biggest surprise for me was how much effort they put into the campaign. Because I feel like, for a lot of people, when they think of RTS single-player campaigns, it's kind of there to teach you how to play the game, and then they kind of just boot you on to multiplayer. Um, but this was really cool. It had this cool kind of documentary-style presentation where the cutscenes were these, like, was, like, live-action footage um, overlaid with, with some interesting, like, 2D uh, images to kind of explain, like, where buildings were placed during that time uh, and comparing it to how it is today, which was really interesting. Um it was it was just super fascinating and they had different campaigns for each faction which is really neat. So it doubles as a good tutorial on how to, you know, utilize each faction properly because they play very differently. Yeah. Um and it was just, just really well done. I was flabbergasted <laughs> how much effort and and care was put into it. Yeah, I will say I think we're we're going to have an interesting set of things to say because I think Wyatt and I have played this game a little bit before Wyatt more than me. Um, I've only played like one or two campaign missions, but I, you've played a fair amount, right, Wyatt? I I finished the uh, the English campaign, okay. and I'm like halfway through the the uh, Rus campaign. Whereas I think Brett and Alex, you guys had not been exposed to this game before we played it for our no. group session, where we we no. we played yeah. for reference a a like multiplayer game, not competitively. We did cooperative against a team of enemy AI because none of us knew that how would... to play this game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that I, would, well, I, I hadn't been... played it before besides the tutorial. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we, I, I will say, I did the tutorial and I felt confident that I knew what was going to happen. And then, well, like a week passed, I forgot everything. Yeah, and we started I, like, for the yeah. vast majority because uh, I, I, not only had I never played this game before, I'd never have touched, I've played one tactical RPG before, and it was like for babies and was nothing like this at all. Uh, and, and so we, we started the game and I was like, okay, cool. So first I, and I just didn't. I just didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know what to do for almost the entire. I was like, I really hope I'm doing this right. I'm just gonna keep making more guys with that, with that have swords Which is and horsemen. exactly the same and as I'm my experience. Them alive. <laughs> I, I so played have, the, the campaign tutorial like a month ago. You know, like six months before we actually started. I did the tutorial right when we had picked it before we played it. So like three or so weeks beforehand to remind myself. Forgot everything by the time we were playing. <laughs> 
the only reason I managed to like stumble my way through enough to get an actual army there was because I'm familiar with StarCraft. And so it was like I knew the mm. vagaries of RTS of like, okay, I need to like have an army at some point. And, and even I had then, the... I just had a big doom stack of things. I didn't do tactics. Yeah. It was just a big... And I, <laughs> I had the benefit of when I was playing this game before recommending it for the show... Uh, I had a friend who was playing with me that's really good at this stuff. And so what we would do is we would play multiplayer match. or uh, It's like a against bots. And it would be like 2v2. Yeah. He would go off and do his weird builds and just try all sorts of stuff because he knew what he was doing. And that just allowed me to kind of figure out how economy management works. And so I had a lot of time in him giving me kind of tips and, and mm -hmm. tricks. And it was the same guy that was uh, coaching me on Elden Ring, fun fact. Uh, very same person. Um, but he was just there, like, if I had questions, he'd, he'd be able to answer them. Or, like, if I had any questions on, like, strategy and stuff like that, he was he was able to answer them. So it was, I, I feel like I had a, an extended tutorial. <laughs> but even okay. then, I would not say that I'm very good at this game at all. Yeah, I, I would say, oh, go ahead, Alex. Beginner experiences like Brett's. And then you have beginner experiences like mine for people who um, I feel like this has happened to me with one other genre of games before, but I don't remember it offhand. Um, but apparently uh, RTSs don't let me play them. Uh, <laughs> I was not able to complete or I, complete quote unquote. I was not able to win the tutorial after doing everything that they said to do <laughs> on was the easiest like a, difficulty. Was, was it was it like a bug or like... I don't know. And <laughs> it's like, I, I recognize that it was teaching me things. Not a single thing was Wasn't internalized at all. Yeah. I, no. I couldn't understand any of the game's logic, even though I knew what it was saying at me. And then when it came to our multiplayer session, it was just like, yeah, I will say I think I'm Age so of Empires is a bad introduction as a first RTS. I feel like I think if you're if you're looking to learn an RTS, I feel like StarCraft Two is probably the easiest to just get up and play because the campaign is very narrative heavy and leads you in very easily. Where you're getting more complex as missions go on and not starting with everything. Whereas Age of Empires is so interconnected and complicated. Where, like, you have to have your supply lines working, you have to have uh, things building constantly, you have to have scouts going, you have to have uh, armies going. You're, you're micromanaging a lot more than, I think, base-level StarCraft, not high-level StarCraft. I think it's probably as complex, but uh, base-level StarCraft feels a lot easier to grab a handle on, whereas Age of Empires, it, it feels like you're having to do a lot more at the outset to feel like you know what you're doing. If you this is the kind of game where like if you even have one villager sitting around not doing anything, it there are you have issues with economy like across the board. Mm -hmm. Like yep. you, like I think and that's one of the only issues that I have with this. And maybe that's just because this because I'm not like super familiar with strategy games, but if you are not at peak efficiently efficiency one hundred percent, you fall behind so quickly. Like you have one little villager just off in the corner, not doing anything, and it just feels like it it affects everything, which is really interesting, and it really keeps you engaged minute to minute, which is why like this is this should be a podcast game for me where I can have other things going on, but I can't. I can't have any other yeah, distractions. If I'm playing, I am like in it one hundred percent. And if you're also like me, you're someone who has ADHD, that's either gonna be really great because it's constantly engaging you and there's tons of little things to remember and that really works for your brain 
there are also people with ADHD like me where you get so overwhelmed, <laughs> you just you almost like shut down and you're you get like, like squirrel what, brain what's where you're like, on. what's going on? Yeah. Yep. And that's what happens to me sometimes. And it's like if you are not peak efficiency with every aspect 100% of the time, it you fall behind so quickly. And I feel like I, I guess it just kind of depends on the kind of strategy person, like strategy fan that you are. But for someone who's relatively new, it felt very punishing. I honestly to, think to why you just described the appeal of MOBAs. Because the appeal of MOBAs <laughs> is that you, there are RTS mechanics, but you're only keeping track of one unit at a time that you're controlling, and the rest you just kind of need mm -hmm. to look at the map and get a handle on. So you, you remove a huge amount of complexity with that, where you're like, instead of having to keep track of everything... I'm keeping track of one thing really well, and that I think is a lot easier to approach for most people. That honestly um, sounds like yeah. I still hate MOBAs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, well, I don't play them anymore either, but <laughs> I think it's it's a reason why that genre is so popular compared to RTSs. Yeah, and I think that appeal, that definitely, like, it has its fans, but for me, it's like, if there's no, if there's no breathing room, especially for beginners, I, I, a lot of the time will just be like, okay, nope, done. <laughs> Like, especially in the beginning where it's like, which is, again, why I liked the, the campaign mission so much is that I felt like they gave you that breathing room if, even though it feels, it can feel a bit artificial at times. Yeah. And if you continue to play the campaign, there are, it introduces a lot more things to you other than just the basic tutorial. It continues to teach you different tactics about, like, how formations work and how training posts work and how you can kind of, it gives you a lot of tips on how to make everything as efficient as possible. But that only goes so far. I, think. I, I was gonna say I I also think I was not able to finish the Battle of Hastings. <laughs> there were a couple moments where I was stumped too. Like I'm not. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, it it is what it is. And I think there's a reason I, RTS games are niche. They're yeah. not appealing to everyone. It's it's a genre that I've always wanted to really like, but a lot of the time it just doesn't compute in my brain because there's so many things to remember and keep track of yeah. and like optimize that it just it's it's the equivalent of playing like for me it, it feels very similar when i play like middle gear solid five or something where it's like i can tell this is really great but it's so mechanically dense that i just kind of get lost in everything and i just stop <laughs> I mean, it almost feels like a fighting game in some ways like bizarre comparison oh, but God. i think it's the same like barrier to entry as fighting games where mm -hmm. There is a, a like wall between learning the game and having fun yeah. that you have to bust through or else you won't have fun. Like you have to learn enough that you don't need to constantly check a wiki because you can't because it's real time. Mm -hmm. So you have to like be able to get to the point where you can have fun. And I, I think for a lot of people that's just not an enjoyable process. Uh and so they're not gonna want to do it. And I, I think that's why like RTS games in general are not the most popular things in the world. Um, but Age of Empires 4, I think, it was a fun time from what we had, but I, I also don't necessarily feel an urge to keep playing it. No, me neither. I would say, because I, I feel like... I would say it's a bad game either. I, yeah. I want to keep playing it just because it's... I feel like I'm, like, right on the cusp of really getting into it. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like I'm almost there to, like, really understanding it. And I feel like if I stop now... It's it's that's gonna go it's gonna away. go away like it, it'll yeah. fade. Um, yeah, I think for me it's just I tend to to gravitate more towards turn based strategy games because it Same, yeah. it gives me the time to think between moves and, the, and I, so I don't feel like I'm under so much pressure all the time. Uh, yeah, I, I, there's a reason that like 
when I play a CRPG, if it has a turn-based mode, I'm going to use the turn-based mode because that way I can actually like parse the information that's happening on the screen <laughs> instead of having to try and keep track of everything at once. But some people are really good at that and really enjoy that. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I think for those people, this is a great game and they're going to really enjoy Age of Empires 4. It's also fun from a historical perspective because you get to do a lot of like cool mini history related things in the campaign where you like oh yeah do all real the fights, battles and stuff yeah all the fights are grounded in actual history which just makes it way more interesting and it really kind of uh sells that that kind of documentary angle yeah as well it, it's 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 cool it's 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 i never thought learning history would be as much fun <laughs> as it is because yeah it's interactive least, so automatically makes it more fun than just watching it or yeah. reading it god forbid <laughs> see now you understand why people like the dynasty warriors games the lens of dynasty the warriors. epitome of historical accuracy. all right of course <laughs> the, the games that are historically accurate to a book that isn't historically accurate uh <laughs> right? so anything else we want to talk about with age of empires 4 um this is another game where the presentation was really good. Um, all of the factions have absolutely. their own unique musical stings, and and I absolutely love all of the little lines from all of Simlish. your little villagers. It's it's mm. it's oh, it's so charming, and and it's just I I have like little quotes just floating around in the back of my head all day that I just say sometimes because <laughs> it just <laughs> it's, it's it's so much fun. <laughs> It also looks very good. I don't think we we haven't really talked about how good this game it's looks. It is a very good. pretty looking RTS, and it I, runs I, really well too. I was kind of surprised because yeah. I was expecting like all those like genuinely well modeled like tiny units when they're all bunching together. I was expecting at least like a frame drop or for it to make my laptop really hot or something. But I I don't even think I like I just turned the settings down from ultra to like medium or something. And that's always what I do, uh, just to. You know, I don't want to put it immediately as low as it can go uh, right off the bat, but yeah. I didn't have to change it after that. It was just kind of good. And uh, here's here's the uh, the cherry on top. That stat screen at the end of a match is yeah. Oh, that's really cool. It is great. It has graphs. It has line graphs for every single thing that you could mm -hmm. possibly want. It's got line graphs for like different types of units, for villagers, for your different like. Uh, like economy stuff it's just it's got everything you would want and it's it's beautiful i love like my my friend and i when we play this game we spend like a good 10 minutes going over like oh yeah every time you see a every time you see a bump in my gold that's because i was using the guild hall because i was you know i was part of like the the french faction and stuff like that it was ugh. oh yeah wasn't like oh yeah that's where i found out, like the the only thing that i won in was um the amount of lumber of wood yeah because <laughs> yeah, we were like, using metric it. ton <laughs> ton of wood compared to everyone else <laughs> all right uh what an export. overall thoughts on age of empires 4 yes or no you like it yes i think if you're a strategy fan i think it's i mean you're gonna like it if you're a strategy fan you've probably already played it to be to be honest is, um yeah. i think if you're a newcomer i mean we're all relative newcomers and we had fun so i'd say it's a safe bet but it also isn't like Ryan said. I also would yeah, say that go in not... knowing that RTSs are not for everybody, and it's okay to bounce gonna... off of it. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say that if you if you're someone like me, you can probably only play it with friends who are very <laughs> understanding and patient, like these three. <laughs> it does help that this has co-op. I think it is really fun to do like a co-op 
campaign or not campaign like a co-op skirmish mission against ai as like a team of four that's just a fun like low stakes way to play this uh yeah that was, that was enjoyable huh. yeah. yeah i mean i'm not gonna i i'm, I'm not gonna claim that i I've, I've i've picked up a new addiction now and will be playing this for the rest of my life i probably i probably won't touch it again but i i, I know that it's good it's just not for me, which is which is yeah. fine because things can be you can recognize things as being good and not just want to destroy everything because you just don't like it. That's that's OK. You're allowed Absolutely. to not like things that are good. Yeah. I mean, this is a game like any negatives we have, I think, are just from the perspective of what we preferentially enjoy in games that we play and not from the perspective of RTS players, because uh, things we, we might have biased. negatives about might be positives for people that really enjoy this genre mm -hmm. so yeah I, I think we can all tell this is a high quality game it's just not designed for some of us um yeah. all right wyatt what's your next pick well the game you hate. part of me wants to be a giant troll and make you all play halo infinite so you can play the new <laughs> season with me because it's hard Didn't to we get already have we've all halo already infinite? played halo but, infinite. What, <laughs> what would we get out of that as a video i'm not gonna do it calm down I'm gonna pick Forza Horizon Five instead. All right, oh, Ooh, that's a fun okay. one. I, I, you know, I, I was, I wanted to play that with my dad anyway, so that works. There you go. Let's race some cars. All right, that's it. Right. <laughs> Alex, who wants to go next? Me go. You go. I, I win the race. <laughs> uh, all right. He's so, fast. uh, for too fast. Um, for uh, for this month, uh, I picked Persona Four Golden. Uh, one of the, the newer editions that everybody that knew about it was pretty crazy for that was coming onto Game Pass. I still think it's hilarious seeing uh, the Xbox controller prompts in any game that is that yeah. was previously exclusive to a PlayStation. PS and Vita just, like, exclusive as well. Yes. Like... <laughs> the, the, the Vita lives on yeah. in this game. You can see I... the little symbols everywhere. Oh, I, I do want to say, if we have any children uh, watching this episode... Uh, kids, Google Persona Four Morrow on your on your family computer. Don't do that. <laughs> Why would you say that? Uh, I I will say this. I can say right off the bat, my favorite thing about this game is the reaction that Brett had <laughs> every <laughs> time it comes up. It was, oh, nice, nice! When it was revealed at that, what, what was like it? it? The, was it the E three thing? <laughs> this is a Vita Xbox's E three thing or whatever. <laughs> Some like summer games thing. I want to say whatever summer games yeah. thing it came out on. Brett's reaction is the most priceless. It was incredible. Thing we should have it have clipped separately seen. at this point. Yeah. We bring it up so often. I, I reached it's, a new octave no. that I don't. Hit. You, you, you were well, Atlas notes. and making like good hit. decisions are not always sometimes. To each other. <laughs> sometimes, uh, yeah. But one of one of the good decisions was you know Persona Four Golden already had a pretty solid Steam port, so then I I would assume relative to you know other things they probably didn't have to worry about because well, they were announced at the same Xbox. time roughly, so they they announced them yes. coming to Windows. And the Steam port had just well, like just happened, and then they were like, "We're going to bring them all to Game Pass." Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty recent when the the Steam port came. Yeah, um, but you know, I, I good that uh that all the games are playable and that Persona Four and Five look great, but poor Persona Three. Um, we're not <laughs> stuck with a portable menu <laughs> base. Still a great uh, game. Just play the PS2 version if you can. Yeah, just yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I, I, I especially wanted to try to um, gauge everyone's thoughts here because we, we did uh, the first hour-ish of Persona 5 a while ago, and we yeah. had that discussion. Um, so at, at, at some point at the, at the end of when we're talking about this, I'd like to, to do a little bit of a compare contrast of which one you guys mm-hmm. thought succeeded more than the other one. I don't think either are, are bad, I would say, in terms of their introduction. But I do want to say I really, really liked the introduction uh, to P4G. Yeah, before, before we get too into that, I do want to ask, how far did people get in their playtime with this? I um, got through two hours, which is not enough to get through the prologue. Did you get okay. to the main story hook of the mystery that is happening? Yeah. The TV? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I did about an hour and a half. Um, and, and I got about, I got just after the, the TV. Okay. Uh, All right. Yeah. So I've beaten this game before on the PS Vita. I oh had to refresh my memory of this because I did not remember the intro. So I went back and played an hour and a half of the, the game on the, the new port to see how far I got. I got to where Yusuke gets his persona is about the point that yeah. I got to. And through that, there are three instances of combat. All of them are tutorials. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I will say, I think I... in that regard the intro to Persona 5 is stronger because you have gameplay mm-hmm. and like significant amount of it close to immediately. Whereas here it's a slow burn, but man, the vibes of Persona 4 are impeccable. Exactly. One of my, you know, you know what I, I have to say, I don't like the intro cinematic as much as five. The music isn't as catchy to me. Watch the, uh, I... in the menu. You can watch the one for the original version. That one's better. That one is better. I so agree. one of my notes here, and I guess it's not necessarily like a bad thing, but because a lot of my notes are just writing down like what I'm <clears> feeling <throat> in the moment, which is pretty normal. But I just wrote down, this feels like a visual novel. Like there really yes. hasn't been a whole <laughs> lot going on. And I guess maybe like that's kind of the point. I, I guess maybe that's kind of the point, but I, I guess if you're going to have, here's my thing. This is a very personal thing. This is not me, you, you know, trying to say that the, the game is bad, but this is a personal thing. If if it's going to be a lot of dialogue, a lot of story, and not a lot of gameplay, which is fine. There's plenty of games that I've played where, like, the beginning is kind of slow. I need there to be more visually interesting things going on. I need, like, it's why, it's, it's why a slow burn like this isn't as interesting to me as a slow burn like Uncharted 4, where there's a lot of slow... Like, Uncharted 4 starts off fairly slow, but there's a lot of cool visual stuff that's going on during that. Did you feel like Persona 5 did a better job at that? I'm I'm torn on it, because I think Persona 5 had, like, there was more interaction going on, but in terms of the story, I think 4 was more interesting i thought the the, the mystery okay. was hooking yeah. me a little bit more i, I but, agree with that um but yeah. visually it was it was people kind of walking around and it was a lot of static yeah. which i get which is comes a from this thing. being a it's not just a jrpg thing this was a ps2 game originally and then okay. this the port that we're playing is a port of the ps vita version which is better than the ps2 version mm-hmm. um it has a bunch of improvements but it is like a portable game so and and that's yeah. where i'm coming from where it's like I'm fine with just a lot of talking and a lot of a lot of story, but I need 
I need more visually from it's, it. It's clear how much the system this game originates on has aged by this point. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and that was five. that was the other thing that I wanted to point out. I'm not going to say this game looks bad because it's a port of a of a of a remaster. What I will point out is how weirdly inconsistent the texture work is. I yes. don't know if anyone else noticed this. Yeah, because they they must have done something <laughs> to to upres them. I don't know if this is like a like a uh, an early like AI upscaling or whatever, like not to the extent that with Persona Three, where it just looks absolutely just dog shit all the time, but like you can tell that like the texture for the calendar is a different resolution than they clearly the gave different amounts outside. of care the, the to different big, things. Yeah, the big thing for me is as soon as you get out of the the bus station and you're meeting um, what's your guardian's name again? Um, Dojima. 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 Thank you. The the stairs that you walk down from the train station, the textures look pretty okay for for a remaster of a game. The railing, though, looks like a <laughs> looks like a texture out of like Ocarina of Time. I think it's oh. a two D image. It's, <laughs> it's, it's probably it's, is. Well, it's oh my just, god! It's weird that like two objects that are right next to each other have such a yeah, they're visually vast, clashing. Vast difference in quality. And that was if it was more consistent, I wouldn't really be bringing it up. But the fact, but some of them are good and some of them are not good, and they're right next to each other is what was yeah. so distracting about it. Yeah. I will say this and at least thing... continues the uh, the persona train of having good UI. Of, oh man, super, the super UI is very UI. pretty and very on theme. I I, I wish um, just because so many like other uh, remasters are doing it. I wish that uh, P4G had like a like more visual settings to, if anything, make it look older. Because I feel like if you have at the, least it would the be PS2, consistent. Yeah, to, if you have the PS2 dithering on everything, it, you don't notice that the thing is a is a is a JPEG on top of a 3D <laughs> model because everything's got the the squares that run along them. And it's and I also think that's more charming. That's like a personal thing. But in general, I I do like when remasters or ports have those settings. Um, but that that being said, I am also heavily biased in the direction of the 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 chibier lower poly character models and the the static like camera angles over everything, mm -hmm. uh, which I, I I I am not a fan of how long and lanky everybody looks in in Persona Five. So for for all the the rumors going around about them remastering some of the PS2 games in that engine. I'm gonna be a little bit sad to see everybody just become very long and no longer be as uh, as adorably chibi as they kind of all are originally. Um, yeah. But I think the to to we we kind of touched on it, but um, I, I I think I wouldn't consider uh, Persona Five to have a, a slow burn opening, even though I haven't played much past of it yet. They they throw they do the opposite where they just throw so much at you where it's like I have no idea what's going on and that's supposed to be the hook to to drag you in. This is like Persona Four is a drip feed of information. Persona Five is just a shotgun blast. To, it's, to the yeah, face. That's, that's the yeah. But I and I I kind of I I feel more comfortable with the the slow burn approach. There's just something because it about, works like, for a mystery where like things are it exactly. starts normal and it, the tone just gets a little bit weirder as you go yeah. on. And the thing I love about this is they introduce the murders and like they don't show anything, and they're yeah. like, t the kids are talking about like how messed up it is that like a body was hanging off of an antenna, and it's it's the type of thing like I can imagine that in a book and be like I can see that in my head in a way that is so much better than the game could show me. Exactly. So, 
yeah. I think that is like a really effective thing that Persona 4 does is it it knows when to not show you something mm-hmm. so that you can imagine the worst case scenario. And it, it goes along with like the series staple of a lot of things being like even brought into existence through like the telling of rumors where it's just like I the the murders might actually not be like that bad, but because like one kid said they saw it first and started spreading rumors about it, like the whole school is talking about it, like it's like the most gruesome, terrifying thing ever, which like kind of heightens the, the the stress of the situation in general. Which, um, as as someone who grew up in a small town, like that's that's a very accurate yeah. like small yeah. town thing. Is that like everyone knows every everyone everyone knows what's going on, and so rumors just spread that yeah. much. And I'll say Persona quickly. 4 continues to nail that. That is not a thing that Persona 4 is ever bad at. Is good setting. Like, it's really good. Yeah, it's... Persona, this is the reason. So Persona 4 is my personal favorite Persona game of, of 3, 4, and 5, the ones that I've played. Um, and not, not to say I dislike any of the others, but it's a combination of... Persona 4 was the first one I played. It was also the one that I think has by far the best... the most Not the best, but the most interesting theming to me. Like, this whole, like, journey into the TV thing with the fog spreading over a small town. It's just super evocative imagery, and it's very fun. Nanako is a character that, as soon as she's introduced, I would die for. Yes, <laughs> so, yes. I think that's a, a good thing. Um, I, I feel like the friend group that you have in this game, after their immediate introduction, is really solid. Dude. I we have to talk about characters a little bit because I I I love two bits the the three cast a lot like every single one of them is awesome yeah. silly and stupid in their own way the four really cast is just like, it's so in the opposite direction and still good yeah they they're so they just feel like like normal people like like chie talks to you and she is it that freaking crazy you want to come over to my house you watch a guy watch a kung fu movie and it's like oh, you are right. so close I to being annoying <laughs> but it's just so like relatable and and just like silly and wacky and i just i, just, I, I love it it's great and then um oh my god i'm, I'm completely blanking on her name but the the, the long go. black hair yeah yeah and she she oh. like she, like she she has this air around her that she's very just like more like like prim and proper and like guys keep like asking her out because she's so like st- like stereotypically pretty or whatever but then like she'll just like she'll just like like schizo laugh at something that wasn't funny <laughs> and everyone else will be like are you why are you laughing at that for and she'll just like have like go into like a laughing fit and everyone else is like Oh, Yukiko, all right. And it's just like, this is so weirdly specific. And, and what I also I love, love is they introduce, uh, Brett, I assume you got to Yusuke's uh, shadow fight. Yeah, yeah. That central conceit of like, it, for for Brett, for Wyatt and uh, Alex, who may not have gotten this far, it's just past where you guys probably stopped. It, mm-hmm. It's Because I was going pretty quick. So uh, for me, it was an hour and a half. I, I would bet if you're playing at a normal pace, it's probably about two hours to two and a half hours. Um it's the central conceit of your party members is that they get to their abilities by confronting their shadow cells, which are the bosses that you fight. And so it's like having to confront the darkest part of yourself and realize that it is still part of you and having to accept that and learn how to cope with it. And then the reaction that there is to the other people with you that see that part of you and how they oh. react to it. And so it becomes more oh. complicated because it's not just like you're confronting this yourself. It's 
your party members are confronting this while the rest of the party is there and having to yeah. like come they, to they terms with their secrets being out. Secret. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really, it's, really it, refreshing. It feels like so many things have handled that in a, just like a very like just like I just, I just describe it as a very anime way where it's just like dumbed down. It's like, <clears> oh, he has to fight. He has to fight his shadow self like Scott Pilgrim fights his shadow self. And they just like in the movie, they just like decide to Implode. go out for a drink or whatever. <laughs> well, which that's is funny. That's the funny yeah. thing, about it, though, is that is that Scott Pilgrim's an asshole and his like the nega Scott is like a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, he's fine. <laughs> hey, just, remember, remember to keep your personal links up and kill people with the power of friendship. <laughs> but it, it, it's like usually that is is so simplified that you don't really stop and and think about it too much. But this mm -hmm. game, like in in the main menu, there's a tab you can open that will like further explain to you the the Jungian psychology be behind like Ooh. the shadow and the different layers of people's personality. Like they they yeah. had like they had like like psychiatrists work on this game when they were developing it to like fully get all they could out of the concept. Uh, which it like they started on in in three, but they like really like it's not just like it, it's like Ryan said, where you you fight the the thing and the the enemy dies and the character says, "Oh, I defeated my shadow and that's stronger because of it." It's like there's a whole like five to ten minute cutscene of someone confronting like a legitimate like oh oh this this aspect about me as a as a very realistically written character kind of makes me a shitty person. And normally I would push that to the back of my mind and not consciously engage with it because that's what the shadow is. But now that I'm being forced to, I, I'm I'm scared and I'm upset. And then all the rest of my friends go and, and fight it and defeat it and save me. And again, like Ryan said, it's not in a vacuum. Everyone else is like, oh my God, we like, you're, I don't think you're like that at all. I understand that's just like a normal human emotion that you're just... You, you psychologically trapped in the back of your head and, and let it get to this point. But, you know, I know you're not a bad person. And all, all the rest of the party as friends, like everyone's bond gets stronger because of it. And it's like yeah. they, they, they took that uh, the statistic number get bigger increase of your social link bond getting stronger and you get all like the gameplay buffs like that. That's that's cool and good. But there's story implications on top of it. And it's it's. Mm. Yeah, it's I'm also not it's... gonna spoil it, but Persona 4's mystery is, I think, a much more real mystery than other Persona games have. Where it legitimately, I, I'm not, I'm trying to dance around anything that could be considered a spoiler here because I really don't want to ruin it for anyone. Um, but there are like clues. There is things you find that will hint as to who the culprits are and whatnot, mm -hmm. in ways that like you aren't expecting and you don't need to interact with. Like you, you never need to know that until the reveal actually happens. Um, but you can like put two and two together pretty early on in the game if you do, and it becomes much different if you do, and there's like a, a different tone to things. So it's just the constant looming like mystery of what is actually happening is really interesting. Um, because I, I think the comparison between five and four here that is interesting. I'm not gonna spoil specifics, but broad strokes, Persona Five is about like society as a whole. Persona Four is about individuals and. The relationships sense, yeah. that they have and how that changes people. And I think that is a lot more intimate in how they tell the story and it becomes much more of a driving factor where, like, I feel like in throughout Persona 4, you have a more direct line of, like, people, characters I've interacted with, characters that have I've seen have been killed, like, actually died. 
Yeah. Uh, and very quickly after where you guys are, there's a character that you meet in one of the early scenes for a little bit who dies, and then you see their shadow uh, right around when Yusuke's shadow happens, and you learn, like, what they were thinking before they died and how everyone else was wrong about, like, how they were acting, and they were actually, oh. like, super depressed and super, like, sad about their situation and just had no one to talk to. And you're like, man, that sucks because there's nothing we can do about it. Like they're they're dead. Like we don't have a choice to make anything better here. Um, which I think is a really strong narrative device when it's used. Yeah, Persona Four is a great game. <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm at the, I guess you'd call it a a bathhouse. We'll use that word for now. <laughs> the first like palace. No, because I. The, the second one, yeah, because yeah. I did uh, Yukiko's. Um, but yeah, I, I just a bunch of I, I I love the game. I do not dislike it at all. But just a bunch of other things have, have come out. It's it's been put on the back burner. Yeah, it's a it's a tight release back on. window right now. I know it's also a really it's it's an in depth and, and long game. I'm not trying to rush yeah, not it. Not as long as five. Persona Four is not as Nothing hefty as, as, long as Persona time. Five. <laughs> <laughs> Xenoblade might be some Xenoblade games might oh, yeah. might be up there. <laughs> I. I I just wish JRPGs were not this giant turnoff for me. Because, <laughs> like, it's it's like one of those game genres where I was like, God, I wish these... I, I wish these engaged me on a level that I, I wanted to keep going with them. But, like, I always try one, and then I just... Like, the story's really interesting, the characters are well-written, but I just... I get so bored. <laughs> And I'm sorry, and it's not, and it's never a critique against the games at all. It's just my, it's my own stupid ADHD monkey brain can't, it can't handle it. <laughs> no, it's, it's like it's like we said before. It's 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 okay to just have something not yeah. be for you and still still yeah. think it's also it's good. Persona games tend to be particularly slow burns in that the stories well, are yeah big fans of rising tension and so they start relatively simple and get more and more complex and by the end it's like a freight train that isn't going to stop until it hits something mm -hmm. um yeah and the reason that works so well is because they're so slow at the start but that's going to turn people off like there's going to be some people that just can't get past that starting point it's because yeah. it, I've, I've actually i've had this conversation with people before where where when i tell them it's like oh i'm really into like narrative games and then they start asking about certain jrpgs and i'm like i just they never and they're like but that's like all story what are you talking about that should be like it's like yeah but it's it's visual storytelling is what really gets me and this is a lot of like text heavy story which is fine it's just not it's just not what it's more book engages my brain yeah it's just not what engages my brain Persona it's, games it's tend to have legitimate like prose in them and not just yeah. <laughs> It's it's why something I always go back to Naughty Dog, but it's it's why like Naughty Dog style narrative games get me so much is because they lean so much more into into movie style uh storytelling, which is just it's just what I'm what I massively prefer. And it and it does and it and it is a little frustrating because it's like i know i'm missing out on so many great stories it's just i can't the the visuals of it is just something i can't i'm curious why i want to take a take a bet now are you going to be a final fantasy 16 person it is it is an action rpg i said to be very cinematic final fantasy games are also about a third of the length of a persona game generally. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> they were much closer to like standard. Unless you're video playing game fifteen, length. which feels like the game never oh, ends. Fifteen, even you want it to <laughs> throw the throw them trash. That <laughs> don't even is... count that, dude. We don't. I talk mean, about I 15. did. I mean, listen, I did like Seven Remake up until it made no goddamn sense anymore. So, you know, I don't know if that's a if that's a, that, a, a solid that reaction, indicator. The fact that you say it makes no more sense anymore makes sense why you didn't like Paprika when we watched it. <laughs> Well, okay, Persona is even more confusing okay. because Wyatt hasn't played the original to have the context for what's going yeah. on. Because okay, they did but, not but tell also... you that you need to play the original to have the context for what's going on. Yeah, I, I didn't play the original it's not 7, a thing which that is be why... For. It, I didn't play the original 7, which is why so much of the ending was complete nonsense to me. To me. But, I I don't know. I I'm interested. It looks cool. I, I to be honest, I haven't seen much about it, but I was like, yeah, I'm gonna pick it up. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll, we'll revisit this conversation once it comes out because I'm so curious to know if it's gonna be a, it's, a Wyatt game or not. If it's more along the lines of Seven Remake, I'll probably like it, and it, and it won't have. It's probably gonna I, be more along the lines of 14 expansions, which I think you would like. It, it's okay. just as if the gameplay was not an MMO, I think you'd like it. Uh, and and like and like. Uh, the heck was i just gonna say and it, it's not like seven where i kind of have to have read i have to have experienced this whole other story yeah, to understand what's going game. on it's a it's a clean slate yeah and yeah and the point i'm making with that is that jrpgs are not going to change no <laughs> people when we, when we use if, if <laughs> traveler is anything to go by they are not <laughs> look octopath traveler is its own situation uh we'll talk about octopath traveler there. 2 at some point because i didn't i ended up picking up octopath traveler 2 it's much better. I it always, is much better game. But... I've heard, yeah. Let me let me put it this way. I will like if if this kind of situation happens again where we have another games club or a game pass episode where another JRPG comes up, I will always go in with an open mind, but I will ninety nine percent of the time get really bored. <laughs> yeah. You're trying, I'll also say that like so Persona doesn't introduce any interesting gameplay in the first two hours, legitimately, like your gameplay consists of choosing an attack or a skill from the like four that you have, maybe, and that's yeah. all you can oh, do for the next two one, hours. One, I had that that very early like combat encounter. Where Once the Pokemon style just, monster catching loop happens, just... then you might be interested. But <laughs> <laughs> that's a little bit later. The uh, only turn based like RPG that I've ever gotten into was South Park because it's South Park, and that's literally the only reason I was into it. <laughs> and it was so genuine like authentic south park that i it, it was funny enough for me to play through the rest of it <laughs> yeah all right alex i'm curious about for you did did the narrative here hit with you are you invested in this mystery i think something horrible has happened to my attention span oh no <laughs> oh no i i really want to like it because i see like explanations of the percentage games like three that i haven't played yet so i don't spoil things for myself and the story is really cool but i i don't know if it's that i have other games on my plate that i'm doing or just other things in my schedule to where i can't find a or i'm constantly interrupted at the point where i can't find a good enough chunk of time to stay invested into the game like the the two hours that i was able to play it was broke was like I had to replay the first bit three or four times because I didn't get to a point where I could save because uh, it was yeah. just... That's something I'll constantly. be happy for JRPGs to do away with is save points being the only way to save. At least yeah. have, like, suspend least, saves or something. Yeah, suspend. It's... I, I don't know. 
technology and constant screen time and things have shot my attention span to the point where I wasn't able to get invested in it. Yeah, I will say that also, this is a game that it feels particularly bad to play on PC because on a console, you, you generally have at least the option of going into like a sleep mode and yeah. keeping the game active yeah. while you're doing that. With PC, it's like you have to close the game to do other stuff. So you're going to be really restricted in how often you can play and like what amount of time you can do it for. Yeah, that's... Well, speaking of like keeping it closed and doing other things along with it, that... It was... Because this is like a, a PS2, PS Vita game. This thing was heating up my computer like to cook eggs really? on it. <laughs> wow. Your, your oh computer God. might be dying a little bit, Alex. That, yeah, that might be a problem. <laughs> I, I might need to get thing. thermal paste for it. I can play things on ultra settings and it'll be fine, but I don't I don't know what's up with because it Maybe doesn't do that for other people, probably. I'm assuming now. There, there's so much text that your PC just can't handle. Yeah, it's really just <laughs> overloading on rendering the text. It's too much. <laughs> that, All right. that that railing texture was was so terrible that your so PC is like, end. I don't know, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's our Persona 4 talk. Uh, I'll, I'll go around the table one last time and say, would you guys recommend this to fans of JRPGs or normal people? You know, do you think this is like a, a game that would be specifically for someone who's already into JRPGs, or do you think this would be an okay first experience with JRPGs? I, I, I recommend this to two groups of people. People who like JRPGs and people who have the the uh, the attention span. <laughs> people who like books I, might I, have I a would, good time I here. Would if you like books... This... But I hate books, yeah. and I like I, it. <laughs> I'd, rec I'd recommend this to the me who could play Chrono Trigger. <laughs> I see. Yeah. You like five years ago. Yeah. I it 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 depends. <clears throat> you know, I feel like by this point there's so many JRPGs that cover so many different things where like you could be you can you can be a huge JRPG fan and have never touched a Final Fantasy game, and that is completely valid because yeah. there's so many other games that like yeah, you'd be missing out on something that's foundational, but also you wouldn't really be missing out on that much because there's so much else to play that's taken from them. That, but like, if if you are interested in the the small town vibes, if you like, uh, if you like, uh, if if your mom's uh, one of those one of those one of those crystal people, and you you like pointing at the screen and saying like, wait, I know that symbol from the rock. <laughs> then you know you you might enjoy Persona. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, no, no, sorry. Finish. I, I, there was something I wanted to ask you guys, and I just remember what that was. But finish, finish what you were gonna. I'm, I'm done. It's oh, over. okay. The tarot cards in the very beginning. Are yeah. they the same every single time you play? Yeah. Like, are the readings I... the exact same? Yeah, they are. They are. Okay. Because it made it. Fortune. Okay. The way that the social links like... in these games works that we haven't gotten to yet, because they introduced this a little bit later, in every Persona game, generally your side characters are aligned with a tarot relevant to your own character's tarot. So you're kind of reading okay. into yeah. the, their role in the story by tarot. Just that the way that Igor was talking about fate and how these cards work, it felt like mm -hmm. it was randomly generated or something. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. You've you've been but, tricked. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, you you can understand how I how yeah, I yeah. Oh, yeah. came to that conclusion. No, it, I, it's oh, specific. Cool it's it's a, a specific story, but I think yeah. they want you to feel that way though, because it makes it feel well, hey, more personal. Hey, mission mission uh, successful. Exactly. I, and I will and I will say, I I keep saying how this game bored me to tears. I do want to make it clear that 
I, I very much agree in terms of how well the mystery is being rolled out. Even for someone who isn't that far into the game at all, it was interesting to see how all these characters and loose kind of threads kind of tie into each other every now and then. Like the connection of like, oh, there's this murder that happened, and then your your friend who who helps run the the uh, the inn. Oh, now now these two threads are connected. It was it was a really it was a really good doling out of the information, and and the the slow like oh okay these are all starting to intersect with each other. It was really really well done, um, and so I I can say on that front that was really well done. I just you know, yeah, it is. Yeah. If anything, there's a lot of words because it is very well written. It is well written. Justification. I'm just too much of a dummy. <laughs> My attention span. Yeah, there's also not a lot of voice acting. There is voice acting, but it's pretty reserved for main story and really important side stuff. Which is and what not I was expecting. Main stuff. About what I was expecting. I'm also... And again, that's probably largely like a space constraint from PS2 eras from Vita, stuff, yeah. and not. I also a will say. Decision. Most of the time, Chie wasn't annoying. There was just a there was a couple of moments you where it would just mouth. it was, it was just like not full on over. Are you like, about to slander you. best girl? <laughs> oh look, you guys haven't met best girl yet. I can guarantee you that. It you just it, like every now and then it, it felt sometimes the delivery and and for for context I was I was doing the, the English dub. I don't know if there's like if you guys were listening to the to the Japanese play. Right? No, the, the English for Persona 4 is classic. It's a classic. Yeah. Um there were a couple moments where it felt like <laughs> if it felt like you're watching like Dora the Explorer and she's like, "Can you find that like that was the kind of inflection, like the same inflection and I was like, "Oh my god, this is this is this is so annoying." <laughs> It's it's I'm a so great sorry. litmus test to tell. Can you tell that these are all anime voice actors? Yeah, <laughs> extremely prolific anime voice I, actors. I'm I'm so sorry. I just and, and to be clear, most of the time it wasn't a problem. There was just a couple of moments where I was like, okay, right. shut up. <laughs> I'm so sorry. We're, we're, this is mainly slipped past my filter at this point. But why, why? Were there any uh, yeah or yes that that got you off guard? <laughs> Not as many as as I was expecting. It was pretty restrained, and good. I would give it credit for that. Yes. Yeah, just good. just wait until combat starts. <laughs> yeah, that's where they come in. <laughs> if there's like grunts during but combat, but then it's like combat getting... noises, so it's no, okay. no, no, no. Yeah. That's fine. It's I'm talking. I'm talking about the completely like you know a little just, just like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about like like in the very beginning the like uh the the main character he's like sleeping on the bus right and then he's just <laughs> I just it's just it's so silly I'm sorry I, also, I, I do actually want to talk for uh, just a brief moment about the lack of a named protagonist so we we know the protagonist in Persona 4 canon quote unquote name from the fighting game and whatnot is Yu Narukami. Man, I do kind of wish Persona games would just name your character for you and <laughs> give them a voice or something. Because I, I feel... <coughs> excuse me. I feel like you end up playing a specific character regardless. I, there's it, there's it, so it little feels, customization that it feels a little unnecessary. And it's also just it's really awkward much. that no one ever calls you by your name in a game all about friendship. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I feel like it's very, it's very much the thing fight. like, you know, role-playing <clears throat> games where you make a character versus role-playing games like The Witcher 3, where you're playing as a specific character girl, yeah. but, you know, they can... I'm also a fan of the middle choices. ground of, like, 
let you pick one name of like you have a set first or a last names. People can call you by that. Mm-hmm. And then you like just type in the other name. <clears throat> I feel like that's a, a good middle ground. Yeah. All right. It would be really funny if uh, instead of skirting around the player's chosen name, uh, they actually did just call the character, hey, you, but why yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. That's what, <laughs> if you watch any of the, or listen to the, any of the other stuff when he does have an official name, it, that is exactly what it's like. <laughs> it's, hey, well, it's, and it's part of the reason why, for me, Cyberpunk was so immersive, is that people just called you V. Because that's your yeah. You can you can it play as like slightly different versions of V, but you're still V. People call you V, and it it really helped with with like immersing me into the story. I know what that's not my name. I'm fine. It's with like it. I would hate that can... in like a Bethesda first person RPG, but in something where it's like super narrative focused and people are gonna be talking at you, and like wanting you it's... to respond with voice acting, I I would like a name, right? It's never it, like that kind of thing has never bothered me, like. If they, like, if they give, like, even in, I, I get so weird about this, even in, in Mass Effect, it kind of bothers me, because, like, everyone just calls you Shepard, which is your last name, but. At least call like, him Commander. Let's, but, like, let's, let's think about this for a second. That would be like if everyone just called me Amadin for the rest of my life. <laughs> even someone that I would be happily married to of, of 10 years, they just call me Amadin. What it's if, weird. I'm sorry. What if, what if they shortened it and had your nickname be Amy? <laughs> I, 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 I oh, no. tend not to care about about that sort of thing. Very yeah, it is a really specific nickname. It doesn't bother me very yeah. much. But. It, it, it does for me, and I hate that it's a small thing that I always notice, but like I, I can't help myself. <laughs> we know. Okay. <laughs> right, Brett, what's your next game? What's your next thing? Give us a um, list. All right. Well, today is the 35th anniversary of a really good Gundam movie called Shars Counterattack when we're recording this on Sunday, the 12th of March, 2023. So uh, I haven't played this yet. I don't even know if it's good. But we're all going to play SD Gundam Battle Alliance. I'm pretty sure this is three players, uh, but uh. we'll figure out some way to make it work because we had to once already. And <laughs> it is cross-play between uh, PC and Xbox. So I'm going to do this nice. on console because it'll probably run better for me. But yeah, a little, little, little chibi Gundam boys slapping each other to death is what this appears to be. So we'll Also, as a note, Forza Horizon 5 things. is also cross-play, I believe, between PC and console. Yeah. So <laughs> do some multiplayer races. Uh, yeah, Alex... My game that I picked oh, for this boy. month was Gang Beasts. Finally, after having it downloaded on uh, my computer since I pretty much installed Game Pass for this thing. <laughs> uh, so it's been a long time coming. And it has been so fun slapping each other around. And uh, Brett, you just headbutting me off the side, <laughs> and and like suffocating Silo. myself, <laughs> laughing to death. <laughs> yeah, we all almost died <laughs> playing this game because is, we were laughing so much. It is one yeah. of the most hilarious games you can play with friends. It like I know why and I got migraines from laughing so much. My stomach cramped yeah. up, my face hurt. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I I was able to say one of my now favorite lines, which is um. I was dressed in a penguin suit, as you can see in our stream of the game, because, my God, that was so fun. Uh, and I said, uh, oh, what was it? Uh, you just activated my fight-or-flight response. Too bad I'm a flightless bird. 
Yeah, just like the most like depressing thing I've ever heard in my life. Was very funny though. If you if you are someone who is who is listening or watching right now, you have not seen our our vod of us playing Gang Beast. You have to because it is just. If you if you imagine the scenery that we are all in the same padded cell together, it changes nothing. <laughs> it changes nothing because it's it just insanity for like oh. like an hour, like a solid. Like we were planning to do other things immediately afterwards. We yeah, we were gonna do Age of Empires and Game Beast in a row. It was not be possible. No, it didn't happen. Too tired. We were too much. Yeah. <laughs> we were... So the 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 stages are so fun and interactive mm-hmm. the, that that yeah. that boat was phenomenal that boat Easily. was so fun to play in yeah, um yeah. god there's before oh, we continue we should we should pits. we should say what this game is oh yeah <laughs> <You've> right actually... <laughs> so it's a it's a, a, a multiplayer fighting it's a party game. fighting is it a game. brawler it's like a party, party, fighting. party game yeah Okay, like game, a physics-based party, party game. Yes. Yeah. yeah, very very much, you know, there's not like combo there I guess there are kind of combos you can do. A like little the, bit. the 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 flying jump kick. But most for, most of the time it is flailing your arms around um and trying to learn how to climb up the side of the subway wall before you get <clears throat> run over. Yeah, before you get trounced. It's a it's a good time. I think we were all pretty surprised by this. I want to say at least those of us who hadn't played Gang Beast before, in that we yeah. we had a good time with this. It was very is, fun. And you know, insanely this game is... fun, cute looking game. The UI needs Terrible. to exist. Oh, the UI is straight out of like <laughs> in, in, a Unity default. Yeah, yeah. It's not great. A lot of the uh, a lot of the UI elements looked very similar <laughs> to uh, the kind of stuff we were all dealing with in college. Um, I will say this is probably like the best YouTuber bait game that I've ever played. Like games <laughs> that are specifically made to make YouTubers yell and laugh and do all sorts of funny things on camera. This is probably the best like one of of that type of game. But we also just had legitimate <laughs> fun playing it. Like I think compared yeah. to a lot of YouTuber bait games yeah. where it's more you need to have like really strong reactions. This game's gonna get those reactions from you naturally yeah. instead of you yeah. having to like fake it for an audience. Yeah. Um, it will it will drag them forcefully from you the second you jump yeah. off a hamburger Ferris Ferris wheel. And if you if you haven't seen gameplay of this game before, you're not exactly punching each other. It's it, no. it's very important to make the distinction. You're not. It's it's kind of like watching really awkward wrestling where you're just kind of like flailing around. You're like picking things up. You're picking each other it's up. It's like and watching each other two around. people covered in like slick oil trying to wrestle. Yeah. It's the, like the it's I like a mud it, fight. The way I described it while we were playing, which I still which I still think is a good way to describe it, is imagine in like a classic like Looney Tunes cartoon. You got you got people punching each other, but it's in this cloud and all you see are like feet and fists sticking up out of it this is that if the cloud was completely removed <laughs> you just saw what was behind the cloud yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just it's just people like slipping and sliding all over the place and and they're also headbutting each other <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're hanging onto a, a railing for deal life all of a sudden <laughs> your your opponent 
<laughs> just beating the entire the thing is like starting to fall apart. The stage is because breaking. eventually you, t- you take yeah. enough hits and you just ragdoll and you can't control yourself. Yes, and that's, yeah, and that's, that's when you get when you picked take up your... and thrown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> over the head base <laughs> style. Yeah, you can do a drop kick. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You just yep. mash the buttons perfectly enough to pull that off consistently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a fun time. I think this game, if you haven't seen Gang Beast play before, go watch it. We have a video up of us playing it. Mm-hmm. It's a good Insanely time. Wacky I, fun. I don't think I would ever really play this without people. Like This, no, this is yeah. a game that I think you really do want to have a group for to play, but if you do, it's a great time. Yeah. Um, Speaking of having a group, we ran into like randomly online matched people in the first game that we set up. Yeah, we didn't know how to set a custom was, game, um, so we went online by accident after we all got into match. It was still UI. pretty fun. That's weird. As I think, as long as you have someone else that you're playing with, you'll have a good time. But yeah, yeah. there was there clearly are, there some people really, that were though, much better at gang beasts. There are somehow pros at this game. <laughs> Yeah, the people we were playing with were kind of sweating their nuts off a little bit, which was kind of weird. No it was really reason. fun to watch, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Like, he, he took to dismantling the elevator cords expertly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is a trick I then used. He just jumps <laughs> up, pulls himself up <laughs> through, the, through the vent. He had that down to, like, a mathematical formula. He knew exactly what to do. As if he had done it hundreds of hundreds. times before. <laughs> Perfectly. Max is dropping the elevator. So Yo. weird. Oh, my God. Oh. I, this is, that's the thing with Gang Beast. There's not a ton more to say, because all we can really say yeah. is it's, it's a very simple game. It's got it's an appealing blunt. art style. <laughs> you know what it is when you get involved with it. Uh, you're going to have a yeah. good time for however long you play it it's it's also worth pointing out that this game would not nearly be as much fun if the stages weren't good yeah yeah, they got really wacky and creative with the stages some of them feel kind of basic it's like oh here's like a platform here you walk up some stairs but then they introduce crazy stuff like oh you're on this boat the boat is slowly sinking and there's sharks hopping onto the deck of the boat while you're levers you can pull yeah, there's yep. like levers that you can pull to manipulate a cage that you can get and and be safe from the sharks until it sinks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or like, oh, you're fighting on on top of this truck, Matrix Two style. Then all of a sudden, yes. these signposts are coming <laughs> in and mm-hmm. hitting you off the off the truck. It's great. Yeah. Oh, you, you guys remember the train level, right? Apparently, yeah, if you do fun. make it for long enough, it go like the the cliff ends and it flies <laughs> off. Oh my the, god. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> or one where there's a Ferris wheel and you can get on the yes. Ferris wheel and all of the carts start to fall off the Ferris wheel. Yeah, like the carts start to fall off the Ferris wheel. The planks on the boardwalk can be flipped up and things like that. Yeah. Same thing with the lighthouse just losing its flooring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's oh. a good time. Uh, yeah. that's, that's, I don't know if we have other things to say about Game Beast. I think this gets a yeah. solid recommendation for being a Game yeah. Pass game. Uh, get three friends and beat the crap out of Get a couple friends play other. it. It's great. Uh, don't play it alone unless you, I don't know, really want to. That's a strange decision, but I'm not going to judge you. <laughs> I will. That's why I will. That's what's for him. To I didn't do. know you were going to say that. Also, there's there's a bunch of different customization options that you can oh, make yeah. costumes. Yeah, yeah. Tons of costumes. Like, I just I just wore a penguin onesie. Brett, what what was your guy's name again? I, I think. 
think my name was like Officer Feces or something because I just looked like a giant like, man made of shit with a, with a riot mask on. <laughs> I think that was my my, my character. Riot was a sea captain. Yeah, that's right. Sea yeah, captain. Yeah. And I was a uh, I was like a I was like a, a construction, construction worker on a porn set. Yeah. <laughs> I had the stash and everything. Yeah, yeah. Or you could rip each other's helmets off and throw them. And yes. Stuff. Yeah. So cool. here's the weird thing: if your helmet gets docked off, it like flies in one direction and then comes hurling back, like it's it just great. domes you. Fantastic. Wallace, <laughs> well, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> All right, Alex. Uh, what's your pick? Unfortunately, I I don't know if we've talked about this officially since we haven't done a podcast podcast in a while. It feels like. Um, but we saw some unfortunate news about uh, a studio that I had a lot of fun with, Lintzworks. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I thought, in in honor of them, unfortunately, close not in honor, in remembrance of them closing. Uh, I I wanted us to play Origami too, and it has a multiplayer feature that they say uh, they they uh, they are keeping up. It's not going to come off come offline. Yeah. Uh, I know that I need to do some testing. I know you can definitely, you know, get two people in the same map. I don't know if you can get to four though, but I'll be checking that. Yeah, I'm not going to play some duos. Um, we'll we'll get into the maps are big enough that you could get four people in them. I think. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I don't know if they'll allow it, but I haven't checked, so maybe that will be possible. Um, all right. That's our games for Game Pass Games Club. We're going to have a regular episode next week. We're going to talk about all the news that we've missed, which is a fair amount from the last week. Uh, Lensworks shutting down, some other random selection of things. And then we'll have an additional topic go along with it. You know the drill. Uh, that'll be next week. And then we're back into the groove of things. So we're going to have a great time. There is one little twist I want to throw at you all at the end of this Game Pass oh. Games Club. We got a, a storied month coming up with a storied day known as April 4th. And what better day to talk about Anthem than April 4th? Uh. <laughs> so we're going to, not actually on the, the day of April 4th, I would like to release oh, no. our Anthem talk on April 4th. So we're going to play Anthem at some point. <laughs> In the next couple oh, of no. weeks, so just to have <laughs> no. that, have that in the back of your mind, get it downloaded. Oh. You all are need to be primed to suffer for your failure. That game's to... not good enough to have cross-platform. If I could, is it? I think it might it... be. Oh god! If I could, really? if, I could no. if I could take a quote from uh from the the main character of that of that game, if I could just take a small quote, get glitched. <laughs> <laughs> up no. no. Why? It does anthem crossplay? Oh, it's it's that's not real... crossplay compatible. That's a that's real a line shame. of dialogue. They just yell, "Get glitched!" <laughs> no, I don't want this on my PC. It's a virus. All right. Well, that's oh. the episode. As always, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the podcast platform of your choice, YouTube and Twitch. Check out the episodes there. We, we do things. I'm not excited. <laughs> <laughs> so, we need to play two mech games this month. Oh. <laughs>